Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Paul's Conclusion. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Before I start, I have two brief announcements. It is important. We have moved up our start date on Pinecast. Again, we have moved up our start date on Pinecast. In the next week, starting Monday, September 7th, we will be moving away from Podomatic to our new home host at Pinecast.com. To be clear, we are not on Pinecast yet. We will have more information in our podcast announcements as soon as anything new warrants further updating. Please listen to hear this information later in this podcast. Thank you all for listening, following, and moving with us. Another quick news item, we are now found on the social network Diaspora. If you have a Diaspora account, you will now be able to access our public Diaspora site. Thank you all. Our growth has made this possible. We hope this helps to serve you better as we move forward in our growth. Thank you all again. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, we studied three aspects found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 15 through 22. A lot of plain, easy-to-understand, do-and-don't issues in that passage for sure. Could it explain why much of the American church is the way it is today? Lethargic, anemic, and bearing little or nothing to show why they exist except for their own purposes alone? Possibly other churches around the world as well? This is why this bore examination. There are no exceptions in the word all. Therefore, this means there is no distinction between the saved and the unsaved in the aforementioned scripture passage. There are no exceptions, period. The church body of believers is, at all times, to, quote, always pursue what is good for one another and for all, end quote. Do you see any distinction here made of the saved and the unsaved? The good of one another is your brothers and sisters without exception, regardless of anything we may not like that we find in them. This thought or even command is conjoined with the word and, then two words, for all, specifically toward the unsaved. Where is the exception in that statement found in Scripture?
this week, we complete the book of 1 Thessalonians with this final portion of chapter 5. What will we find, if anything? Let's see. Now may the God of peace himself make you completely holy, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept entirely blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is trustworthy, and he will in fact do this. Brothers and sisters, pray for us too. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. I call on you solemnly in the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23-28 through 28. While not a lot here, this portion of Scripture nonetheless has something to look at and learn from. Verse 23, for clarity reads, Now may the God of peace himself make you completely holy, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept entirely blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That blessing upon the Thessalonians made by Paul is, at the very least, an impressive one. What could Paul be saying and or bestowing upon the Thessalonians? How could they, or anyone, be entirely blameless or found that way by Christ at his coming? All good questions to get answers from Scripture. To start our examination, we find in commentary, and the very God of peace, or the God of peace himself. The apostle follows his exhortations with prayer to God, knowing the weakness and impotency of the saints to receive them and act according to them, and his own insufficiency to impress their minds with them, and that unless the Lord opened their ears to discipline and sealed instruction to them, they would be useless and in vain. Wherefore, he applies to the throne of grace and addresses God as, quote, the God of peace, end quote, so called because of the concern he has in peace and reconciliation made by the blood of Christ, and because he is the giver of peace of conscience and the author of peace, concord, and unity among the saints and of all happiness and prosperity, both in this world and in that which is to come. And the apostle might choose to address God under this character, partly to encourage boldness, freedom, and intrepidity at the throne of grace, and partly to raise hope, expectation, and faith of having his requests answered since God is not an angry God, nor is fury in him, but the God of peace. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. The first question people have is, if God is such a God of peace, then why is there such issues of war, tribulation, troubles, unrest, and illness in this world? Also. 
How is it that God is portrayed in commentary here as not angry, no fury in him, but a God of peace? Doesn't that run contrary to most of the book of Revelation? In a one-word answer, no. While not clearly, it does help us see the difference in the times. Today, God is not angry as he is clearly in the book of Revelation. We do not see his fury unleashed upon the unsaved world at large. We are told otherwise by the unsaved who examine what they see, not by what they know of God and Scripture. Time, though, for this peace is running out. The book of Revelation will come to pass as it is written. His anger will come. We had better be saved, as Scripture clearly states we should be, for it is the only way to avoid this terrible time to come. The here and now is where the unsaved and the saved collide in knowledge and or in human spirit. The unsaved have one intellectual view of this world. It is far different from the view of those saved in Christ. Many issues have, and still do, arise over this difference of thought and heart. This is why we, those saved by the grace of Christ, are told to, one, aspire to lead a quiet life, two, to attend to your own business, and three, to work with your hands as we commanded you. From 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. Herein is good reasoning for 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 of our current study. Simply stated, we are not to be yet one more annoyance to the unsaved world. If someone says, quote, I love God, end quote, they go to church and want others to know God, to also go to church, why would that person or those people want to only be an annoyance to the unsaved around them? In America, at the very least, I have yet to see anyone annoyed to salvation. Here, it just does not happen that way. Humanity being as it is, I have to believe this transcends all people in all places of the globe as well. Further examining this commentary passage we just read, we want to look at this portion of it. Quoting, Unless the Lord opened their ears to discipline and sealed instruction to them, they would be useless and in vain. Wherefore he applies to the throne of grace and addresses God as, quote, the God of peace, end quote, so called because of the concern he has in peace and reconciliation made by the blood of Christ, and because he is the giver of peace of conscience and the author of peace, concord, in unity among the saints, and of all happiness and prosperity, both in this world and in that which is 
to come. This commentary passage has two major observations for starters. A lot more with further in-depth study. However, we will just look at the two major observations that stand out. First, notice what commentary just said. Quote, Unless the Lord opened their ears to discipline and sealed instruction to them, they would be useless and in vain. Wherefore, he applies to the throne of grace and addresses God as, quote, the God of peace, end quote, so called because of the concern he has in peace and reconciliation made by the blood of Christ. This portion of commentary has two aspects to it. The first aspect is the fact, if the Lord did not open their ears to discipline, sealed instruction to them, they would be useless and in vain. I think useless and vain together describe many Americans, some of whom call themselves saved of God's grace. So many in America stride and strive to achieve what the Bible calls wood, hay, and stubble. Many unsaved Americans waste their health to get this way and then spend most of their financial gain that ruined their health to either get well to some degree or at least to not get any worse. As God's people, we are cautioned about this way of life, regardless of where you may live. Secondly, commentary continues in this portion of examination with, Wherefore, he applies to the throne of grace and addresses God as, quote, the God of peace, end quote, so called because of the concern he has in peace and reconciliation made by the blood of Christ. In this descriptive language is the essence of our need for salvation. Understand that this peace came at an extremely high cost. In the peace and reconciliation made by the sacrificial blood and suffering on the cross by Jesus Christ, we are saved by the grace exemplified in his love for us while still sinners and considered an abomination before God. Again, this can seem in direct conflict with the book of Revelation to almost all saved and unsaved people, given what little they know about what is written in that book. I will say this again for clarity. What we are examining here a God of definitive peace and love toward mankind is completely different than what we read in the book of Revelation. In that book, his patience with mankind has run out, as your Bible says it will. We are not quite there yet. However, we can see now that time is getting much closer than it ever has been. You do not need to be a Bible scholar 
to see the end is in view and now much closer than ever before. I know I am being a bit emphatic about this, but anyone listening to this podcast needs to know Christ through his saving grace before the tribulation period begins. While salvation in those tribulation days can happen, it will come with great suffering that is not necessary if you receive Christ today as your Lord and Savior. In our episode description, we have a link to another episode that will help you in this regard. The second main point we should understand in commentary needs examination. We find that this second thought is conjoined with the word in. It then reads, because he is the giver of peace of conscience and the author of peace, concord, and unity among the saints and of all happiness and prosperity both in this world and in that which is to come. While short, that says quite a lot. We can first observe that God is the giver of peace of conscience. He is also the author of peace, concord, and unity among the saints. God is also the author of all happiness and prosperity. Where is this found? Quoting, both in this world and in that which is to come. End quote. That, at the very least, is a peace for all eternity if this is being interpreted correctly. Further commentary reads, The prayer is that they might be entirely holy and be kept from transgression until the Lord Jesus should come, that this until he should come either to remove them by death or to wind up the affairs of this lower world, by his praying that the, quote, body and the soul, end quote, meaning here the animal nature, the seat of the affections and passions, might be kept holy, there is reference to the fact that, connected as they are with a rational and accountable soul, they may be the occasion of sin. The same natural propensities, the same excitability of passion, the same affection, which in a brute would involve no responsibility and have nothing moral in their character, may be a very different thing in a man who is placed under a moral law and who is bound to restrain and given all his passions by a reference to that law and to his higher nature. From Barnes' New Testament Notes. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 9-10 through 10 reads, where verse 10 was referenced by commentary. For the full thought, I will include verse 9. The reference reads, for people everywhere report how you welcomed us and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, 
whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, our deliverer from the coming wrath. Our reference verse in verse 10. There are three points made in that verse. They are, wait for his son from heaven. Two, whom he raised from the dead. Three, Jesus, our deliverer from the coming wrath. Notice the first thing verse 10 tells us. Wait for his son from heaven. This could be said this way, identifying who the word his is referring. Wait for the Father's Son from heaven. We should know this is how this is written and this is what is meant here. If not, the second comment certainly identify who his is referring. Observation number two says, Whom he raised from the dead. Again and now, a clear reference to the Father. These two observations tell us to wait for the Father's Son from heaven, to also know this request, even command, comes from the Father God in heaven. It should be noted that this request or even command is toward God's people. Point three firms this thinking up. Jesus, our deliverer from the coming wrath. Quote, unquote. This should make perfectly clear the current line of thought and discernment of this passage. This, then, is the one of whom we are talking about here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It is therefore true that he is the author of peace, concord, and unity among the saints. Also quoting, God is also the author of all happiness and prosperity. We also, early on, asked this question. How could they, or anyone, be entirely blameless or found that way by Christ at his coming? I think that question requires an answer. From the new John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible, we read, Worthy are the righteous in this world and in the world to come, for lo, they are all holy. Their body is holy, their soul is holy, their spirit and their breath is holy, preserved blameless. Not that he thought they could be kept from shining entirely in thought, word, or deed, but they might be preserved in purity and chastity from the gross enormities of life, and be kept from a total and final falling away. The work of grace be at last completed on their soul and spirit, and the body be raised in incorruption and glory, and both at the coming of Christ be presented faultless and without blame, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing. I think that says it all 
And we see this affirmed in Scripture as the next verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24 reads, He who calls you trustworthy, and he will in fact do this. Next week, we start our examination of 2 Thessalonians. We will look at chapter 1 and Encouragement in Persecution, part 1. We will examine this entire short passage to see what else is in 2 Thessalonians. Even though 2 Thessalonians has a much larger portion on being caught up before the tribulation period, verse 8 in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 reads, With flaming fire he will meet, spelled M E T E, he will meet out punishment on those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Play or download next week's episode titled Encouragement in Persecution, Part 1. Download this episode from one of our podcast hosts or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. A quick note to update our listeners to a podcast post move. We will be moving from Podomatic to Pinecast in just a few short weeks. Please note, we are not on Pinecast yet. Please do not look for us there right now. We are not there. We want to give you ample notification of our move to Pinecast so you are ready for it when we move. Our primary reason for moving is the fact that we have greater storage capabilities with Pinecast than we do with Podomatic. On Podomatic, we are limited to 2 gigabytes of storage. If we want or need more, the cost is too prohibitive to obtain. While we also pay for Pinecast hosting, they do not have a storage limit, which, we hope, you find as appealing as we do. More information may follow. Stay alert. All Bible quotes, without a citation, are from the New English Translation Free Version. All other quotes bear the source they are from. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen.
In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website. Our subdomain hosted at site123.com is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item on our website. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church. Again, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church. To find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, American Eastern Time. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore host all episodes on our backup host, anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. No matter where you find us, please enjoy our podcast. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week. This is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.